Father, we're just so honored and thrilled to come together in the name of Jesus. Father, we've come to meet with you to hear from heaven. And Father, we invoke that name above every name, that every heart will be touched, lives will be changed, destinies will be overturned. And Father, we never tire praying this prayer. We'll pray it over and over again until it's accomplished. Lord, help us get this job done. Even so, Lord Jesus, we bid thee come. And Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning, everyone. And welcome to the Fredonia edition of Family Church, one of 10 locations meeting throughout New York, Pennsylvania, Europe, the world, and we'll just keep growing and expanding. Praise the Lord. Well, we welcome each and every one of you. We're especially excited to have first-time guests, return guests with us, and all those uh, watching via live stream all over the world, and, uh, and of course, our church family here. And so um, the weather outside is frightful. But the atmosphere in here is so delightful. Someone ought to write a song about that. Right? So, but thank you for coming out. I know there was a uh, winter warning, and, but to you braved the elements. You came on out here. And so the Bible says God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And so you, you did diligence to come on out and get the snow off the car and uh, brave the elements. And so no doubt God will reward you. But uh, for those of you who didn't come out, we believe in redemption. You just keep tuned and God is going to bless you right where you're at. Amen. Hey, without any further ado, hey, we're going to go ahead and dismiss our children to the program. If they have not gone already, any children go to your program. And while they're going, just a couple of announcements, just to clarify, uh, as our announcer said, this is the last Sunday service. We will not have service next Sunday because it's Christmas. We want you to be home with your friends and your family, but we will have an alternate service uh, Friday the 23rd. Now, um, we want you to know that if you're giving and you want uh, any of your gifts uh, to account for the, your 2022 giving to have to be, of course, postmarked by December 31st. But we will not be having a service on December 31st. And so we just need to clarify that. And so uh, this is last Sunday, but we also are going to have service this Friday, our last service of 2022. Amen. And so uh, the next Sunday service will be 2023 next year. Amen. So praise the Lord. Well, uh, also a little family news now. Is it all right? The kids are gone. When, your son's not, he's in youth group, isn't he? Yeah. Okay, so uh, we had to wait for the kids to leave to announce this next thing. Hey, at the Christmas service, which is what, this Friday, um, all the kids will be getting personal gifts that are in children's church. And um, Pastor Santa will be making a special appearance. And so he comes out about every once a year. So Pastor Santa will be giving out personalized gifts. Now, we, we made an announcement last week. If you didn't get a chance, please let know. Uh, Pastor Scott, my associate, and uh, Reverend Katie, his wife, know about what they like, uh, what their interest is. We just don't want to give a generic gift. We want to make this a very special gift. And of course, Lexus, Mercedes, <laughs> you know, we're, we're thinking something, you, you know, a little bit more simpler. You know, it's the thought that counts. And so we're going to bank on that one. So uh, if you haven't done, so, you know, we're, we're talking Legos, uh, Barbie dolls, you know, stuff like that. And so I, I hope that's all right, Barbie dolls. It, it says characters. So I know, you know, uh, but anyway, so 
Pastor Scott and Reverend Katie will let you know the budget, you know, and so, but the most important thing is if you have kids in children's church, or if you're going to bring kids for that service and aren't part of children's church, they can get involved. Let us know. We want to get a gift for them. I just added that, so make a note of that. Amen. All right. Isn't it great to be a pastor and make all these executive decisions and let everyone else have to do the work? Praise the Lord. And if you have your Bibles this morning, please, please open them to the book of Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs chapter 18. Several weeks ago, we started a series entitled The Power of Words. The Power of Words. Now, we weren't able to uh, continue last week because Nancy and I were suffering for Jesus in Florida where it was sunny and 80 degrees just about every day. And so, you know, every time I, I go to California, every time I go to Florida, I realize what champions we are. You know, I teach in California, I teach in a Bible school, and it says, if you can't make it here, the sun is always out, it's always nice and warm, if you can't get victory here, you, you don't have much faith. I mean, we come from a place where maybe six weeks the sun doesn't shine, it's cold and so forth, and, and folks who love the Lord come out to church, so you are to be commended, you are champions for the Lord, and so, but... Um, Nancy and I did suffer. We went on a little vacation, but like the words of Dorothy, there is no place like home. And so it's, it's good to get away. It's good to see that big round ball of the, that's in the sky that we don't see until the summertime. But, uh, but uh, there is no place like being here. And I'm, I'm just thrilled to be with you and to share the word. And so let's go ahead and let's look at our golden text. Let's do a little review because we have newer people with us all the time. Plus, faith comes by hearing and hearing. The more we hear it, the more it gets in our heart, the more it becomes a reality to us. Our golden text for this series of messages is found in Proverbs 18.21. For those of you that are visiting or newer, we will endeavor to have the scriptures on the overhead screen because it's so important to us that you know what we're teaching on is in the Bible, especially such an important subject as this. And uh, in times past, folks have actually walked out of church when I preach this. They said, that just can't be. That just can't be. That's heresy. But uh, as you know, we, we've, we've gone over Scripture after Scripture after Scripture. And Scripture has seen this is a law. This is a principle in the Bible. And so that's why I want to be uh, very, very careful to, to look at these things, to, to show you over and over again the, this truth that there are power in the words that we speak. And our golden text is found in Proverbs 18, 21. Again, this is in the Bible. It says this, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So right here, the scripture tells us that death and life are in the power of something. What? The power of our tongue. Now again, we saw this as not talking about our physical tongue. It doesn't mean that if we stick our tongue out at someone, it's a blessing or a curse to them. But it's talking about the words of our mouth. The power of the tongue is the power of our words. So we could read this way. Death and life are in the power of our words. And uh, we've been looking in this series at the power of our words, that our words, according to the Bible, is a spiritual principle. Our words can bring blessing 
to our life, to our situations, or it can curse. It actually can bring darkness to our situation, to our circumstance. And uh, we saw this, and we drew your attention to this. It says, it did not say that death and life are determined by God. It doesn't, it's, you know, whether we're blessed or whether cursed, it doesn't say it is in the power of God or in the will of God, but something that God has given us, our words, death and life are in the power of tongue. And again, because this can be so new to uh, people that have not been taught in the lines of faith and the Word of God, um, we, we've gone through many, many scriptures, and there's something in the New Testament that Jesus said very close to this, which is found in Matthew 16, 19. We'll have the scriptures on the overhead. Again, we're doing a little review, uh, putting us in remembrance of what we've covered, and then we'll go a little further. And these are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus said, I will give it to you. That's future tense. He said this before his death, burial, and resurrection. And that's when he gave us the keys. And so now that we're, we're on the other side of the death, burial, and resurrection, we could say it this way. I have given you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And notice what Jesus said. And whatsoever thou or you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever whatsoever thou or you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So Jesus gave us the keys of the kingdom, and the keys of the kingdom are binding and loosing. And notice who he gave them to. He gave them to us. I have given them to you. And the keys, keys unlock things. Keys lock things. Uh, And so Jesus said, you have these keys. And he calls them binding and loosing. Bind means to forbid uh, when, when you forbid something, that is to bind it or uh, not allow it. Uh, here, loose means to permit or to allow. And again, we forbid, we permit uh, through these keys. Now, how do we operate these keys? How do we bind something? How do we loose something? Again, it's done through words, all through the Bible. In the book of John, it says, whatsoever you shall demand in my name, that will I do. How many, how many can see that when we, we command or demand something in his name, that is done through the form of words. Binding and loosing are done through words. And again, whether something is bound or something is loose, is determined by the words we speak. And, and notice this, that heaven simply backs up what we say. If we bind it, heaven will bind it. If we loose it, heaven will loose it. If we, we do nothing, that is the same as permitting it to happen. And so we saw this, that our words are our will. In the kingdom of God, what we say is our will. And heaven will back up what we want if it's in line with the word of God. And so we bind, we loose. Uh, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And uh, Jesus said, uh, Proverbs, back to Proverbs eighteen twenty one. Again, a little review. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And the you know, we, we stress that, but the following phrase is so important. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. And we drew your attention to this. That word love in many translations is indulge. Now, Christmas is coming. Cookies, cakes, pies, and food. You know, what's going to happen? We are going to what? 
I know you're very fasted in your life, but indulge, that means over and over, more and more. Almost overdo it. When you indulge, you overdo it. And notice what it says about the power of your words. When you indulge in your words, when you overdo your words, you'll eat the fruit thereof. So it's talking about this, this law of words, death and life. It's not something you just say once a week and all of a sudden your life is changed or something is turned around. But they that indulge in it, the more you say it, the more you'll see it the more you'll have it. Just like the more you eat, the more you'll be satisfied, the more you'll fill your, your tummy up, the more you use your words. You can change your circumstance. You can, you can uh, affect the life in your body, affect life in, in the things around you. Or, or if you do it in a negative sense, in a bad way, you can actually curse your life. You can uh, cause darkness and, and evil to come your way. The more you say, the more you speak along a certain line. And again, if you're newer with us and watching with us, and if this is newer to you, we want to encourage you to, to follow along in the series. We, we've gone through this, you know, very slowly, very simp- uh, systematically through the Bible. And again, we're just doing a review. That way, if you're newer with us, you can kind of understand where we've been going with this series. And uh, another thing Jesus said, again, laying the foundation, the importance of our words in Matthew 12, 36 through 37. Again, these are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said these things. And Jesus means what he says, says what he means. There is nothing that Jesus said in the word of God that, he, that when we stand before him, he says, you know what? I really didn't mean that. I, I was just a lack of words and that just came out but it has no bearing in your life so you don't need to follow them uh the bible says heaven and earth shall pass away but my words won't pass away that means if heaven and earth are still here that means god's word what god has said is still for today and notice again the the words of jesus it says this but i say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak they shall give account in the day of judgment For thy words thou shalt be justified, and by the words thou shalt be condemned. And again, Jesus talking about the power of our words. And here, he says something very interesting. He talks about idle words. Now, what are idle uh, words or idle things? Well, if someone is a idle worker, that means that they're not working. They're not, they're not producing. They're, you know, we would say if they're idle, they're, they're lazy. They're, they're not doing what they should. Well, here Jesus said this when it comes to idle words or non-working words. Uh, that we're going to stand before them and give an account for words that didn't work in our behalf. Isn't that amazing? That, and again, Jesus means this. You know, we know this, that we're going to stand before Jesus and we're going to give account of our works, what we did for him. And of course, we want to use the gifts and talents and abilities that he's given us. And then we'll give account when we stand before him of what we did with what he has given us. But right along with our works, Jesus tells us we're going to give an account of our words. And he said this, if you're using your words in an idle way, a non-working way, a non-producing way, a non-effective way, that you're going to answer to me of how you've used your words. So right there, I mean, 
the, the mouth of two or three witnesses, every law shall be established. What does that mean? Um, whenever you're looking at Bible doctrine or Bible principle, you got to find at least two or three th- times in the Bible. And again, uh, the, this is just scratching the surface, surface of the, the power of words. And yet here Jesus said that our words need to be producing. Amen. And you're gonna, we're going to stand before the master of how we used our words. Now, the following verse, verse 37, But for thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. And so those are courtroom terms. Justified means to be set at liberty, to, to be loose. Uh, condemned means to be imprisoned. How many know that you can imprison your life? You can imprison your circumstance by using wrong words. Again, death and life by the power of tongue. But here you can be justified or set free through the power of words. Um, again, there are so many scriptures along these lines. I, if you can find this real quick, I didn't give you the scripture. Proverbs 6.2. Again, the book of Proverbs is the book of wisdom. It says this, Thou art snared or entrapped or captured or held captive. How? With the words of your mouth. Thou art taken by the words of thy mouth. Again, the power of words. Death and life. And uh, saying the wrong things can snare you, can entrap you, can, can cause bondage in your life. But saying the right words will, will bring you into liberty. You know, I shared my testimony that uh, all my life before I was a Christian, even when, after I became a Christian, it seemed like there was a dark cloud over my life. It just, didn't seem, it just, just seemed like I couldn't do anything right. I remember working on a project with a friend of mine, a buddy of mine, and we were supposed to work together. And I remember saying, you better do it because anything I touch will fail. It will break. And, and it did. And, uh, you know, I, I would go to, to work on a piece of equipment and I, I would say this, you know, you just watch this piece of equipment's been running fine, but when I get onto it, it's going to break down. And guess what? It did. And I just, my life just seemed to be cursed. Nothing seemed to work out right. But then I got a hold of the Word of God and the power of your words that death and life are in the power of tongue. And I realized I was cursing my life. I, I was causing the cloud over my life. I, I was bringing uh, damnation, uh, condemnation into my life. And so what I began to do, now this will date some of us, I, I took that record and I flipped it over and I began to play the other side. Now, you young folks, you ask your parents or grandparents what that means. We, and so uh, I began to say positive things. Positive things over my body. Positive things over my life. Positive things over my circumstance. And things began to turn around. Turn around. And uh, my life has never been the same again. Uh, simply because of the principle of God's word that I can have what I say, death and life are in the power of the tongue. James 3, again, review of what we've covered so far. James 3, 2 through 4. It says this, For in many things we offend in all, but if any man offend not in word, he is a perfect or mature man, able to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, though they're so great, 
are driven of fierce winds, yet they're turned about with a very small helm or rudder, whithersoever the governor or the captain who's ever at the wheel lists it or determines. And so here, again, it's talking about the words of our mouth. And here it talks about if any offend not in word, or someone who learns to speak the right thing and not to say the wrong things. He is a mature man. So really, part of our Christian, Christian maturity is learning to use our words right. In any given situation, we say what the Bible says. And uh, notice this, it's able to bridle or turn about the whole body. So our words can affect our body. Read the book of Proverbs, and I'm, I go through a chapter and day, just because uh, there's 31 chapters in Proverbs, and there's either 30 or 31 uh, days in a month, and so I, I at least read one chapter a day. And it is amazing, the book of Proverbs, book of wisdom, that tells us about the power of our words, how it affects your life, how it affects your health. Your words affect your wealth. Your, your words affect your your, your relationships, all of these things. And so it, here it says a mature man uses his words wisely and is able to bridle or turn things. Here it talks about a person's body. Then it gives the example of horses. Um, horses, we put bits where? In their mouth. And uh, because that bit's in their mouth, we can get that horse to do whatever we want. Go right, go left, go forward, or stop. Again, it's talking about words. That as we can govern the movements of horses, we can govern our own body and our own life through the words of our mouth. Then it gives this one, one of my favorite, in verse 4. Behold also the ships... Though they be so great, that means these big, big boats. Let's just take the Titanic. Even though the Titanic, if you've seen it, is a very small ship compared to modern ships today. But you take like the Titanic, that type of ship, a big ship. Though they be so great and driven of fierce winds. That means this ship is on a, a stormy sea. You know, with waves and the wind. And uh, naturally, that ship should be tossed with the waves of the wind. But there's something on that ship that determines where it goes. It's called a, a governor or a rudder. It, it, it's, called, it's a very small thing that wherever uh, the captain turns that rudder, it's going to determine where that ship goes. No matter how bad the wind is blowing, no matter how high the waves are, that, that rudder determines which way that ship goes. And the same thing, we face the storms of life. You know, uh, you know, it may seem like the winds are blowing on us. It may seem like the waves, it may seem like our ship is overturned. And too many times that we just let go of the rudder. We, we just said, oh my God, oh my God, it's really bad. And, and we're driven by the storm into a place that we don't want to be. But if we can be like a captain, we hold firm on the steering wheel. The Bible says, hold fast the confession of your faith and just begin to speak positives, begin to speak life, begin to speak the, the end from the beginning and to say what you want in that situation. It will give you, get you into your desired destination. Again, tremendous truths over and over again about the power of our words. And we, we've left off on Mark 11, 
We've been there for some time. And it, it's so important. These are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we, we've kind of left off here and we're going to build on this some more. Again, these are the words of Jesus. Mark eleven twenty two, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Have faith in God. Verse 23, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but believe those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. These are some of the most wonderful words of the Lord Jesus Christ when it comes to the power of words. And so here Jesus swears by himself. He says, I see unto you. We looked at that in the Greek. That's actually, he is swearing on himself that this is truth. That this is uh, reality. This, this will happen. What? Whoever shall say. Now, how do you say things? You say things through what? Words. And I love this. Jesus said that whoever shall say. And we looked at that, that word whosoever means whosoever. That means everybody and anybody. That means you. That means me. Jesus swears by himself. He says, I guarantee this, that if any of you will say or use words, what will happen? Well, let's read on. That whoever shall say or use words shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into sea. And shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have what? Whatsoever he saith. Can you see the power of words? Blessing. If you speak blessing, you shall have what? Blessing. You speak cursing, you shall have cursing. Jesus said, I guarantee it works for all of you. And we looked at this. We, Jesus was teaching us how to operate in the power of words. We, we need to say things. And here he talks about a mountain. Now, he's not talking about a physical mountain that we should go to the Anirondacks and start speaking to it and say, be cast in the sea. Uh, there, 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 there are things in the Bible that represent something. Uh, here, the Bible, uh, the mountain represents tests, trials, obstacles, uh, anything that stands before you. In the, in the way of your victory, so, uh, a challenge in your life. Uh, we've all faced mountains. We've all had tests. It may be in our body, it may be in our finances, it may be in our family, and it may be some other uh, predicament, but it is a mountain. It is big, and it stands before you. And uh, Jesus here tells us how to remove the mountains in your life. So just for a moment, think about a mountain that may be in your life. Maybe it's a physical condition. Maybe it's a family situation. Maybe it's a financial situation. That is your mountain. And Jesus here tells us how to get that mountain to be removed. How to change your circumstance. How to change your situation. He says this, Whoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea. So Jesus tells us to use the power of our words to talk to our mountains, to talk to our circumstance. 
And he tells us exactly how to get them removed. Use the power of the words that I gave you. Use the power of binding loosing that I gave you. You tell that mountain to move. You tell that mountain what you want that mountain to do. And uh, notice this. Again, it bears repeating. Jesus didn't tell us to pray to God to do something about the mountains. You never see Jesus praying, God, do this for me. Do that. Lord, heal this person. Uh, Raise this person. Jesus always used words. And here Jesus has given us an invitation to use our words as well. And so if we're sick in body, or maybe just kind of weakly, you know, we we all have natural bodies, and you, you wake up and you're kind of weak and sickly, most people will say this, oh, I don't feel so good. I must be getting something. I, you know, I'm coming down with something. Well, Jesus said, here, you'll have whatever you say. If you're coming down with something, you must be catching something. Guess what? 99 times out of 100, people that say that will get sick. Why? They have what they say. But the Bible tells us this, let the weak say what? I'm strong. See, what is that? The power of words. Why should the weak say they're strong? Well, according to Jesus, you'll have what you say. According to Proverbs 18.21, death and life are in the power of tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruits thereof. So the more that when you're weak you say, I'm strong, the more you'll have strength. I double dog dare you to try it out sometime. I've done this way too many times for you to try to convince me it doesn't work. I I tell you, I've been to hell and back more than once and gotten through every test and trial like like a a captain on the ship. Though It it looked like my my ship was going to overturn and we're all going to perish. I just held fast my confession and began to speak the word, what God's word says about my circumstance, what God's word says about my body. And I've always gotten into my desired destination. Jesus said, you'll have what you say. And when we get a revelation of that, we'd be very careful what we say. When we get a revelation of every non-working word, we'll stand before Jesus. We'll watch what we say. We, we, We won't say no foolish things. We won't joke about certain things about our life, our body, our finances. You know, we'll use the power of words to change our circumstance around. And so we, we looked at these things, and I don't know how to, to put a review any better than that. There are power in our words. Now, again, the words of Jesus are inexhaustible. And I, I want to look at something that Jesus said here that's been just kind of rolling in my spirit, and uh, I, I believe we have some more revelation on this. So let's look at Mark eleven twenty three again. For verily I say, remember Jesus is swearing, he's guaranteeing this, that whoever shall say or use words to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things with he saith, words shall come to pass, He shall have whatsoever he saith. He shall have the words that he says. Now, this is the truth. Jesus guarantees it, that we have what we say. We can use our words against any obstacle, any circumstance, 
and turn it around. But in here, I believe there's an important key that we need to look at. And it's in this phrase, but shall believe those things which he says shall come to pass. Now we know that he was talking about a mountain. He know, we know that when he said, when we talk to our mountains, our circumstance, we command it to be removed, we command it to change, we command it to turn around, we can have what we say. We hold fast our confession. We indulge in it. The more we say it, the more we say it, the more we'll have it. We understand that. But um, I believe here, there, there's an important principle that we are missing that Jesus is teaching us and telling us. And it says, believe those things which he says shall come to pass. And what we normally do, we talk any way we want during our, our life. You know, we go to work, we, we, we go shopping, we go to school. We just talk, everyday talk. Then all of a sudden a mountain appears. A circumstance, a situation comes before us. Then all of a sudden we change gears and we start speaking to that mountain. You go down. I will pass to the other side. We start speaking to that mountain. And that's good and that's right. But we're missing something here. And remember I told you about uh, the Titanic. Remember, you know, if you saw the movie, I apologize. But, um, um, but you understand the principle. They were going on the Titanic, they're trying to break a, a record, and so they weren't observing icebergs as they should. And then when the iceberg approached, what, what did the governor or captain begin to do? Begin to turn the wheel. But it was too late. He should have been watching way ahead, and he should have been steering in a course way ahead of time instead of just waiting until it appears and all of a sudden, oh my God, crisis mode and try to turn. Okay? That's what most Christians do with their words. They speak any way they want during the course of life. You know, really don't pay attention to the words they speak and all of a sudden... The iceberg appears, the mountain appears, that obstacle, uh, a, a, a symptom in their body, a financial need. And all of a sudden, ah, there's an iceberg. And they start using their confession to turn it. And sometimes it's a little late. And it doesn't need to be. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. And I believe this is something that Jesus here is saying Notice he said, shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He's not just talking about the mountain you're speaking to. He's talking about what you say every day out of your mouth. Remember Jesus said every idle word. That means everything that comes out of your mouth, you're going to be held in the day of judgment. If your words were used lightly, without purpose, without cause, without use... Jesus is going to talk to you about that. So what he's saying here, it says, when you learn to believe whatever comes out of your mouth will come to pass. In your daily walk, when you're conscious of your words and what you say, that you have faith in your words, and you're doing that every day, watching your words, speaking truth, speaking life, that when the iceberg appears, man, 
you already got that. It's an ease, because you, you already got the flow of faith to, to change your circumstance. You're, you're not a, ready to hit and say, oh my God, go into panic mode. And so this is what Jesus is saying, believe those things you saith. Because if he was just talking about the mountain, he would have said, you believe the thing that you said to the mountain come past. But he said, those things, plural, those things he says, and I truly believe he means in your everyday life. We see this principle, every idle word, death and life and the power of tongue. That too many times that uh, we're just using our words flippantly and lightly, then the iceberg comes and we go to panic mode. And Thank God sometimes we can just barely get out of it, but sometimes we hit. This is the answer. It's what we say every day out of our mouth. Now, if, if you were spared watching the Titanic and you have no idea what I mean, let, let's, let's get to a better movie. Rocky. How many would prefer to watch Rocky or Titanic? How many prefer Titanic over Rocky? Yeah, the ladies, guys. So, we, we, so you guys, this will help you. Ladies got to Titanic. This is for you guys. All right. Rocky Balboa is going to face Apollo Creed. We're talking about the first one. It could probably do the second one, the first one. You know, he just doesn't get up one morning and uh, gets out of bed at 10.30 in the morning and says, you know what? I'm going to fight Apollo Creed today. And if he were just a step in the ring just because he has inspiration and wants to do it, I mean, Apollo Creed's going to knock him down in two punches. But he sees this opportunity, and it's months and months ahead. And you know what he does? Every day, he begins to train. He begins to train. He gets up at, at five in the morning. He eats those raw eggs. He starts running because he, he, he's out of shape. And then we have the theme of da 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 And he runs up Capitol Hill. And, so, and he is training every day. That way when he comes to the fight, he has something to bring to the fight. All right? But you know what we most Christians do? Netflix. We're, we're eating Cheetos, and we're just, uh, we're just flippant with our words, so to speak. Then a, a giant comes like Goliath, an Apollo Creed, an iceberg, whatever. And all of a sudden, we got we to use our faith or we ain't going to make it. Then we start throwing confessions at it, and we're, we're so out of shape. We're hitting the iceberg. And so this is a law... For life, believing what you say shall come to pass. You know, I've been judging myself. I've been meditating on this for weeks and weeks. And I would just be meditating, thinking about, believe those things which you say shall come to pass. Believe those things you say shall come to pass. And, you know, it's quite amazing. Some of the things you say out of your mouth that you don't want to come to pass. And you, and you didn't really mean it, just come, come out. So, you know, I, I don't want that to come to pass. You know, then, then you got to repent and say no, and, and renounce that and say, no, I, I don't want that to come to pass. 
Well, pastor, you're just being excessive. Now, this is the word. You know, the Bible says this, be imitators of God. We are to imitate God. We're to imitate Almighty God. We're to imitate the Lord Jesus. Jesus lived a life for us to follow. You ever uh, read the Bible? God the Father and Lord Jesus Christ never said anything they didn't mean. They always said truth. They always, everything that came out of their mouth is truth and light and what the purpose of God was. You never, you never hear Jesus said, well, I was only joking. You never, you never hear Jesus using idle words. Jesus meant what he said and said what he meant. And Jesus believed that everything that came out of his mouth would come to pass. And we're to imitate that. Remember, Jesus said, have faith in God, Mark eleven twenty two, 22. And we looked at what that was. We looked at it in creation. Remember, there was darkness on the face of the earth. And uh, you notice what God said. Well, first of all, what God didn't say. God didn't say, oh my God, it's so dark down there. What happened down there? It's a mess down there. Oh my God, what are we going to do? Gabriel, take a look at this. Oh my God. Oh yeah, I am God. So, oh my, oh my, look at this. <laughs> Jesus didn't talk about mountain. Jesus saw darkness. And what do you say to the darkness? He said, let there be light, King James. But you look it up in the Hebrew, what he said was, light be. His words, death and life, is what he said he believed would come to pass. And when he said light, what was there? Light. You study the ministry of Jesus. Everything he said came to pass. Can you understand why when we stand before the Lord Jesus Christ, he said every idle thing, every little thing comes out of your mouth, you're going to give an account to me of what you said. Why? Their power in words. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And uh, Jesus, when, whenever he wants something changed, he spoke. Woman, thou art loose from thy infirmity. He, he, he spoke words. Situations were changed. And so we are to learn to have faith in our words. We, we need to develop a, a word consciousness of that what I say comes to pass. And the more when you, you, you govern your words with faith, that I want to say come to pass, that way when, when people are sick, you, you, can, you can speak the word of faith over them. You're not about hitting an iceberg and going to panic mode, which most people do, and trying to throw words at it. No, you've governed your life. That my words are words of faith. What I say comes to pass. Well, that's just taking too much upon you. you know, Jesus said you'll have what you say. Jesus said death and life are in the power of tongue. Jesus said every idle, non-working word, you're gonna, I'm going to talk to you about those words. All right. All right. I want to give you a case example. I think I have time. Real quick. 
Turn with me to John chapter 11. This is my message now. I said all that just to, to get you ready for this. Jesus lived this. And we need to live this too. In Mark 11, 1 through 4, there was a certain man named Lazarus of Bethany in the town of Mary and his sister Martha. It was Mary that anointed the Lord with ointment, who wiped his feet and his, her hair, and his brother Lazarus was sick. And for her sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, behold, he you love is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he said, that's an important principle. We're going to get bad reports in life. We're, we're going to behold the mountain, the iceberg, the situation, the circumstance. The tests and trials of life come to us all. And here, someone that Jesus loved is very dear. It is a mountain. It is an iceberg. It is a challenge. When he heard the report, Jesus said something. What did Jesus say? This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, the Son of God may be glorified. He said something. And I wish I had time to to take you through the Bible. Whenever Jesus heard a mountain, saw an iceberg, saw a circumstance, he said something. He said faith to it. Remember when Jairus' daughter... He said, Master, come and heal my daughter. And on the way there, uh, she died. And as soon as Jesus heard that report, he turned to Jairus and says, Fear not, believe only, and she shall live. Jesus had faith in his words. Everything came out. What what we're trying to say, this is how we need to live. Not to use our words flippantly. Not to use our words lightly. But say Faithful words, faith-filled words. Jesus believed what he said would come to pass. Even though this, this man is dying, he said, he shall live. Yeah. Notice he didn't say, God, please let him live. Please, Jesus, please, God, please let him live. He'll have whatsoever he saith. You study this out, and it's an amazing thing. The raising of Jairus, uh, Lazarus from the dead. Over and over again, we hear the words of the Master in John eleven eleven, it says, These things said he after he saith to him, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, and I go that I may waken him out of sleep. And the disciples said, If he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death. And they thought that he had spoken of taking a rest. And he said to him plainly, Lazarus is dead, but I'm glad for your sake. I was not there to intent that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. And so, Jesus is on the way to Lazarus, and, and, and he tells the disciples, I'm going to go wake him up. And the disciples were so natural, like a lot of us. Well, if he's sleeping, that's a good sign he's healing up. Now, Lazarus is dead, but I'm speaking faith. I'm calling those things that be not as other words. I, I am saying he is sleeping, and I'm waking him. When I go there and I speak to him, he's going to wake out of the sleep of death. Notice, no matter the circumstance, no matter the report that other people bring, Jesus spoke something to the circumstance. All right. Jesus sees the iceberg coming. 
He starts off speaking faith. And you know, when he, when he has to talk to his unbelieving disciples, he has to govern them, get them in line with faith. And it's, a, it's an amazing thing. Let's read on. Um, John eleven twenty. 20. And there, there's many more, but this is abbreviated, and my time is slipping away. Then Martha, as soon as, she, as soon as she heard Jesus coming, went and met him, and Mary was still in the house. Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. He had died, of course. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt, God will give thee. Notice what Jesus said. And Jesus said to her, your brother shall rise again. Even though he said this will not end in death, and he died, he kept saying faith to the mountain. He saw the iceberg. He kept saying words of faith. He believed what he said will come to pass. And so, he had to coach now. He had to coach his disciples into faith. He had to coach Martha into faith. All right? Now get this, John eleven thirty nine. So he sees this mountain. He keeps speaking. He had to speak to disciples, speak to Martha. He keeps speaking. The iceberg is coming. He's speaking faith. His, his friend is dead. Now he approaches the iceberg, so to speak. Now he gets in the ring with Apollo Creed, so to speak. And Jesus said, take away the stone. A stone covered, it was like the door to the, to the place he was laid. It was a very heavy stone. And notice what Martha said. Lord, by this time he stinketh. He's been dead four days. What a wonderful faithful Martha is. <laughs> I, I really wish I had time. I'd meddle on this. That's where a lot of Christians are. In church, yes, I believe, I believe, I believe, I receive. Then finally, when, when they come to a doctor's report, to find part, they just let it go and, and really say what they really believe, which is nothing, you know, unbelief. So Martha was full of unbelief. She had pretty words, but she had idle words. She didn't believe what she said. And notice... Jesus said to her, said I not unto thee, if thou wouldest believe, thou shalt see the glory of God. <laughs> and again, words. For, 41. And this is what, I, I said all this to get to this point. Jesus took away, the, and they took away the stone from the place he was dead, the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that thou hast heard me. I know that thou hearest me always, because the people stand by that they may believe that thou hast sent me. The iceberg is here. Disciples are full of unbelief. Martha was full of unbelief. Everyone's crying full of unbelief. Jesus goes to the Father and says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me and you hear me always. You know what most people believe? That he was talking about prayer just now. That, oh yeah, God hears me. I, oh, knock, knock. God, I got your attention now. You know what Jesus was talking about? Every word that has come out of my mouth, Father has heard me. When he said in verse 4, this shall not end, when he said this in verse 4, it would not end in death, the Father heard him. In verse 11, he says, I'm going to wake him out of sleep, the Father heard him. In verse 23, your brother shall rise again. The Father heard the words out of his mouth. Verse 40, uh, if you believe, you shall see the glory of God. Yes. Wow. Praise the Lord. Yes. Jesus spoke. 
He saw this ice. And when he said, Father, you hear me always. He says, I have what I say. And you know what's the funny thing is? This is awesome. Let's do this one. This is awesome. Jesus said, the only reason I'm praying is because these folks don't understand faith. I don't need to pray. You already heard me. You heard my confession of faith. You heard what I said over and over again. I'm just simply to collect on what I said. But I got to pray because these people may believe that it comes from you even though it comes out of my mouth. And maybe we'll pick this up on Christmas Sunday. Yes. Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall say in this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into sea, shall not doubt in his heart, believe those things he say shall come past. He shall have whatsoever say. Jesus was saying, and Father, He said, My Father's heard every faith confession, every statement. That mountain, that iceberg will move. I'm here at the iceberg, I'm here at the mountain, it will move. All right. But then Jesus said, These folks don't understand faith. Therefore, He does, verse 24. Therefore, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Go ahead and put verse 24 on there. That way, folks. Therefore. See, if your words are right, your prayer life will be right. The reason Jesus could pray is because he had the right confession concerning his iceberg, concerning his mountain. He was saying the same thing over and over again. And he knew everything that came out of his mouth would come to pass. See, if we learned to do that, we wouldn't be moved when we faced icebergs and giants. We'd be like Jesus. And we, we, we just looked up and said, Father, I thank you, you heard me. I don't need to pray. I've used my words. I have what I say. And this mountain will go away in Jesus' name. Well, I really wish I could preach on, go on, but I've gone fur enough. I was trying to stop 10 minutes ago, but you know how that goes. When you're a rooster and got something to say, you've got to crow. When you have nothing to say, you have a 15-20 minute sermon. <laughs> so, but uh, these, these are life-changing truths. And I r- really would love to just share a nice Christmas, Christmas message, but that isn't going to change people's lives. This will change people's lives. And so Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And let's get this man to be quiet. Let's pray. (laughs) Dear Father, we thank you for your words. Thank you for this truth that has changed my life and changed countless others. We can have what we say. Death and life are governed by the words that we speak. Father, help us to believe in our words. Help us to release faith in our words. Not just when the iceberg comes, not just when the challenge comes, not just during the circumstance, but everyday life. That we can be an imitator of Jesus. That no matter what we face, we could be like Jesus and my Father hears me always. And so Father, we thank you for helping us, giving us light, giving us revelation. In Jesus' name. Real quick, with heads bowed and eyes closed, here we talked about a powerful principle that we can have what we say. This is a God principle. This is, this is a principle that God gave us. And uh, it can produce life or death, blessing or cursing. But something even greater than that, that it can be done through the power of words, is where we spend eternity. 
The Bible teaches there's a heaven to gain and hell to shun. Whether you believe it or not, heaven is real, hell is real, and at the time of death, we will go to one of those places. But the Bible is very clear of how to miss hell and get to heaven, how, how to be saved. To be saved, you need a Savior. His name is Jesus. Jesus came that He might give us life in abundance. Jesus said, whoever would believe on me would have everlasting life. Why do we need a Savior? Well, the Bible says this, that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. If we've sinned once in our lifetime, that sin will keep us out of heaven. There is no natural remedy for sin. Sin cannot be washed away except by the blood of God. And that's why we need a Savior. That's why Jesus came. He was the Son of God. It's only His blood that can save us. And, the, and He died. He shed His blood. He rose again. That way we could be saved. So Jesus paid the price for you and I to be saved. But God will not force His salvation. God will not force love on anyone. We must accept it. You know, even at Christmas, someone can give you a gift, but that gift will do you no good unless you accept it and receive it and open it. Same thing with salvation. And so real quick, I know that uh, the weather's out, very frightful outside and so forth, and you're here, but maybe you also watching on TV, you're not born again. If you're not born again, whether here or watching online, and you like to be, I'm going to invite you to raise your hand. When you raise your hand, we're not going to embarrass you. Once I see your hand, I'm going to acknowledge your hand, and I'll say, you can go put your hand down. Again, we're not going to embarrass you anyway. We just want to know who we're praying for. Is anybody here, you've never been born again? Raise your hand. If you're watching online, I can't see your hand, but God can. Go ahead and raise your hand. And uh, God will see your hand in a moment. We'll We'll show you how to pray right at home. I'm going to give one more invitation here. Maybe you have been born again. Maybe you, you remember when you gave your heart to Jesus Christ. But right now your heart, your heart is, is moved. Your heart is torn. Because you know that uh, even though you are born again, you're not walking with the Lord. You, you've turned away from Him. You're what we call backslidden, or the Bible calls a prodigal son or daughter. But I want you to know we have a beautiful illustration in the Bible that when the prodigal son came to the senses and came home, his father ran out to meet him, restored him with the full blessing, just like he never sinned or walked away. And that's what God will do for you if you'll turn to him. So real quick, is there anybody here that you say, you know, I'm backslidden, I'm prodigal son, prodigal daughter, I want to come back home to God. Would you raise your hand? Anybody here? Again, we're not going to embarrass anybody. Anybody here this morning? All right. If you're watching online and you raised your hand or should have raised your hand, the Bible says whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So right now, call on the Lord. How do you call on Him? It's just like you call a friend. You pick up the phone and you talk. We call it prayer. So right now, a very simple prayer like this. Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ died for me and rose again from the dead. And right now, I accept Him as my Savior and my Lord. A very simple, sincere prayer like that can change your life. And if you prayed that prayer, know this, you are born again. Know this, that your sins are forgiven. And if you did pray that prayer, let us know. We want to help you get started in your new walk with God. Amen. Well, were you helped this morning? I don't know about you, but every time I talk about this, I'm blessed. You know, power of our words. So, hey, we're going to invite you to stand. We're going to close. 
the service, uh, just directing our hearts towards the Lord, and then you'll be dismissed. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. See, on the hill of Calvary, my Savior bled for me. My Jesus set me free. And look at the wounds that give me life. Grace flowing from His side. No greater sacrifice. What He's done. What He's done. All the glory and the honor to the Son. My sins are forgiven. My future is heaven. I praise God for what He's done. Thank you, Lord. Sing for the freedom He has won. Even death is dead and done. His life has overcome. Sing, say the name above all names. you and uh, we'll see you Friday night our Christmas service at 7 p.m. if you happen to be traveling and you won't be with us we want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year God bless you you're dismissed